Welcome back, everybody. Um, doing drama is really tough. Doing comedy is extremely difficult. Being able to do both very well, and sometimes in multiple languages, is very unique. And I'm proud and I'm really excited to speak to somebody who's mastered both of those things, uh, Elfina Luck. Welcome to the show. Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me. It's, it's my pleasure. Um, when, again, you know, speaking of drama, uh, I watching your work, you, you seem to kind of effortlessly go between the two. Is there a preference or is one easier for you than the other in terms of drama or comedy? Um, I don't know if I can say either one is easier. I love them both. They both really provide a fulfilling experience and I get to tell stories in a way. I mean, I love diving deep into a character's journey to tell the truth of what's going on and that's where the drama lives. But I also just love a good laugh and to make people laugh is really an awesome thing to be able to do. Yeah, um, I read somewhere where, uh, where Jamie Foxx mentioned that the cool part of acting is that drama takes a ton of energy and comedy takes a ton of energy. What, uh, what have you found uh, is one more texting than the other? I think it's very different. Like I mentioned before, the word depth, it's like when, when I'm coming to drama, I really have to dig down into the deepest parts of me, you know, to lend to the character and tell the story. Um, and sometimes those places are quite dark and not, you know, um, very pleasant, but, but it's still an amazing experience to be able to kind of look into those places and have that experience. I'm always grateful when I get to experience something um, and learn something new about the character, uncover something about myself that I've forgotten or didn't know about. Um, and when it comes to comedy, I feel like there's a different type of hard work. Um, timing, the nuances and delivery is, those are really important pieces to make the comedy actually work. Because if comedy falls flat, it's just not good. And no one wants to watch bad comedy, right? So I think what he said is absolutely true, um, but it's just a different approach when you're coming to the work. I get you. Um, I want to dive into something that you just mentioned uh, in terms of using yourself. So, you know, back to drama for a moment. Uh, using yourself and really diving into the character and uh, you know what uh, I, I like to uh, kind of uh, put things in buckets so it's you know be yourself be completely different or be somewhere in the middle and there are different acting methodologies of uh, how much of yourself do you use or do you really use somebody else you know where do you fall kind of in that framework what's your process for drama for drama specifically yeah um, I think I guess we'll just kind of go into the, my process. That's the only way I can kind of find the answer I think you might be looking for. Uh, first, I have to, you know, find a connection that I have with the character. First, do I, can I tell this story? Do I have enough experience in my life that mm -hmm. is, uh, that I can lend to this character that, that makes sense and that can tell her story truthfully? And once I feel the connection, uh, I usually, it's a, it, I'm, I'm meeting in the middle. So what you said, is it just lending all of myself or, you know, using the character? I think it's a bit of both because it is taking experiences that I've had to tell the parts of her story as truthfully as I can 
and then being open to whatever arises when I'm in the work that may not necessarily be mine personally, but I can relate because at the end of the day, I am human and I am constantly learning and experiencing new things. So in a way, she's giving me an opportunity to have a new experience as well. So if I can fully give her my life and my my experiences, then in a way I'm allowing her to give me hers. And so that I can tell the story with as much honesty and, and uh, truth as I can. And that's wonderful. I, I really see how much you connect uh, to your character and how real it is for you. That's that's wonderful to know. Yeah. Um, in some cases, and uh, again, I, I'm, I'm, uh, my my level of acting experience is, is far different from yours. But where I found that I was utilizing myself uh, for those deep dramatic moments, I couldn't sustain that in every take. In some takes, it would come uh, wonderfully and easily. In some takes, I just couldn't uh, get to that point. Do you find yourself uh, in that uh, perspective or you found something that works for you so you're able to connect and deliver on every take? That's a really good question. I think in the beginning of my journey as an actor, there were definitely moments of, okay, I hit this, it was great. Yeah. I actually did a show where, um, I did a really emotional scene and uh, it, it, I thought it was great. We, I felt like I gave it everything and they were happy and I was like, yes, got that done. And then the next week they said there's a technical issue with the footage and we had to reshoot it. And so I was yeah. like, oh my God, I hope that I can re recreate that because you know I wasn't sure. And there was a point in my career where I wasn't sure if I could do it. And it's not to say now that I am certain that I can meet those moments, but there's just more trust. So, you know, I'm trusting my body more. I'm trusting my instincts. And there's a memory in my system, in my body, that um, I have this I have this memory that always kind of comes up. It's, it's actually, um, it happened during a comedy show that I was uh, filming. And, you know, we're doing multiple takes and there's, three different people in the scene. So we have to do coverage for everyone. So, you know, at one point I'm sitting in between two uh, light stands and behind the screen and I can't even see them, but I have to still stand up and deliver my lines yeah. uh, for their coverage. And at one point I felt like I checked out and I was like, oh my God, where am I in the scene? But I just, when the time came and the cue occurred i stood up and said my thing and everything happened but i felt like i wasn't fully conscious of that happening because it was like the 30th take or something you know and so there is a bit more trust that has developed over time um and and i just have to when i'm coming to scary moments like you know i've delivered a really emotional moment and um it was a great connection with the other actor and we, we found it but now we have to cover it from this angle with a bit more notes and we're coming closer, can I give them the same thing? I, I don't know, <laughs> but I just have to keep trusting and hope that I can. So that's the best that I can do with that. No, that's, that's great. Uh, trust is hugely important and it certainly takes you out of your mind and you just allow yourself to be present in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, about the disconnection part of it, you know, since uh, it is so real for you and since you're kind of, uh, you know, living a, uh, a life in that moment, uh, how easily do you disconnect from that and say, okay, I'm back to Alpina now. I'm not, you know, this mixture of me and the character. 
Yeah, I think that, again, these things that you develop with experience and time, um, it shifts. Because I remember in the beginning, you know, when I was studying, there were moments where I got really confused. I was I was going through um, a breakout myself, and then I played a character that was going through a heartbreak. And at one point when the door, the floodgates opened and, you know, the cathartic moment happened, I didn't know if it was me or the character. And so that felt like an unsafe place. And I was very new to the work at that point. So I had amazing support around me that kind of just held space for my heart breaking. And really at that time I was lending myself to the character, but it was, it wasn't safe. So over time I have learned to differentiate um there is a safety you know the the line you know life mimics art and art mimics life it's kind of this gray area and mm -hmm. so recognizing that and it's i i'd have to say it really boils down to the the life experience that i have in in the personal work that i've done on myself over the course of my career and really getting to know myself more personally so that when i do lend parts of myself I am giving it to the character, but I know the boundaries for what is safe for me and what isn't. I mean, I used to say this thing when I was starting in my career because I was really seeking, um, really drawn to dramatic roles because I wanted to feel something. And uh, we might be getting a bit personal here because I haven't talked about these things in, in many years, you know, but it was like really feeling my own personal things and it was lending it to the characters and and once I was able to get to know myself better I can create that boundary that that creates the safety um yeah did that answer the question yeah it does and thank you so much for sharing I really appreciate that because it's it's such an important part of the work but also it's such an important part of uh, the development of us as human beings of knowing where we are, where they are in terms of the character, where that line is and how not to get lost between the two. Um, I love how you phrase of I lend myself to the character or the character allows me to kind of, you know, experience something. The reason why I wanted to acting and I love it so much is this idea, uh, the esoteric idea that I have of being able to live multiple lives in one lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, that's the part that's exciting for me because I know I cannot be all of these people, but I can be all of these people for that moment and I can learn something about myself or uh, through that experience. So I, I am really uh, interested in hearing what you have to say and how you go about it. I was going to say something before that I'd forgotten, but the, the mm -hmm. thing that I used to say to myself when I was coming to this type of work when I was earlier in my career, I was like, oh, you know, I'd love to dive deep into a character that that requires me to go to therapy for months after, because that that was kind of like how deep yeah. I wanted to go. But really, I think it was just a reflection of how much I wanted to experience. But it was connected. And I had this association that drama had to be dark and painful. Um, and that's probably a reflection of where I was at that time in my life. You know, I was probably experiencing a lot of pain and I didn't, this was kind of my avenue to kind of work through that stuff. And so as, as I was 
working on myself and healing those parts of me, then I was more able to lead myself in a healthier way because I wasn't associating that. So it became more fun, less, less um, painful and less dramatic, less dramatic in that sense. You know what I'm saying? Drama for the screen, not drama in my life. Yeah. Um, I'm very happy that uh, that you found that balance. Uh, it's a very important uh, part to have. Um, let's lighten things up just a little bit. Uh, it's it's still de dealing with something that's taxing in a way. But uh, how taxing or how difficult was it for you not to break? You know, in those scenes uh, with Jason Alexander and I think hit and ro uh, hit the road. I think that was the uh, the show. Um, to me, just even watching those scenes, I know when I would. I don't know if I would not be able to break, you know, especially when he literally hits you on the head with, uh, with an envelope. I, 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 what, what happened there? How many scenes did they take? Um, you know what? That show was Fast and Furious. We got, it was one of those shows that we had a few takes and we just had to give her. And so he's wonderful to work with. I mean, he's a legend. When I got that opportunity to work on that show, I mean, we all love George from Seinfeld. It, I was really excited uh, to get to play with him and see what he does. And I was watching his process and he really, you know, comes up with different things every take. So I never know what he's going to do. Um, so I just have to respond. And surprisingly, that that take where he hit me, I didn't break. I had no idea what he was going to do. I just responded to it. I just reacted to him. And I, yeah, they use that um, in the final takes. Uh, so yeah i was just like that was very awkward and in my character i just kind of had but that was a really real response because i had no idea that was going to happen and he did that once and that's the take that we chose so it was really exciting to see like what was going to come and it was amazing experience to play across from him that's awesome um what uh, what were you able to kind of take away and incorporate into your own acting process uh since then since then um Again, you know, it's a lot of trust building for myself just to know that I was able to like work across from him and learn from him and meet him and play. That to me is 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 really big for my own books. And when I, you know, have fears that come up for myself, I'm like, okay, I did that once. I can do this and I'm I'm gonna roll with it and have fun. Yeah. Um it's it's an important part and we'll kind of dive into a little more. Um Let's uh, let's take a little uh, kind of step back. And you started acting, or the first uh, you know credits that I see are from 2005. So you've been on screen for 15 years. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, it seemed like you you kind of got uh, got into a good groove right away uh, because I think the show that you were on was Da Vinci's uh, City Hall, where you recurred and you did three episodes, and then you did a bunch of uh, guest star uh, kind of roles after that. But for three years, you were in that uh, kind of um, place where you didn't have another show that you were recurring until uh, The Guard uh, came about. So during those three years, did you feel like you were progressing or was there a frustration of, okay, I was recurring. Why am I you know, doing guest stars? I, I really need to get on the show and do more of it. Yeah, you know, I think there's a trend here about, you know, being in and that that goes with life, you know, being in yeah. something for such a long period of time, you yeah. get to look back and see where, you know, the pattern is or the ups and downs. And of course, in those moments, in those years where 
you know, I'm sure every, I think it was around every six months, I'd be like, am I doing the right thing? Have I made the right choice? This is crazy. I love what I do. Um, but I remember having a conversation with my sister. She doesn't live, we didn't live in the same country and we we're messaging and I was just, you know, having a moment and she's like, you know what, but you're, you're following your dream and that's not easy. And when she said that to me, I was like, okay, I, I have to, you know, take a look at this as a moment in time where things aren't, you know, it's hard to always be on the wave. So I kind of, I use a lot of analogies and surfing is a great one for this because you catch the wave and you ride it and the wave does not last forever. And at some point you're going to come down, you're going to fall off your board or you're not going to fall off your board, but you're going to go back in the water and then you're going to swim out and then you're going to try and wait for the next wave and then try and catch it. And sometimes you catch it and sometimes you don't. And so it's, it's really over the years of being in the industry, it was really in alignment again with, you know, working on myself, a big part of that, being able to stay in this industry and keep a healthy mindset because I, I couldn't stay in the pattern that I was where, oh my God, did I do the right thing? Oh my God, I got to find something else because that's not healthy, you know, just always second guessing and doubting and not being, you know, um, confident in your choices and being fear in fear really. And so finding the space and acceptance of making this choice and being okay with the ebb and flow of the industry and learning to work with that and learning to accept that that's actually how this industry is no matter what. And I've been in it for 15 years and it's never changed. You know, there's strikes that happen. There's COVID that happens. There's different things that will occur that will change how the industry is um, functioning down South up here. So it's really being able to be okay with yourself, myself in this scenario, you know, no matter where things are at. So finding things that bring me joy in other creative ways, you know, um, producing, writing, creating, and when things are slow so that I'm actually not just sitting and waiting because I'm actually not really that great at sitting and waiting. So, but being able to be patient without kind of waiting with that energy, you know, being an open patient, like um, patience with an openness, you know, when it comes, it will come. Letting go, surrendering. Yeah. Um, I, I I had to learn that the hard way too because um, I'm a creative. So I found that I'm either creative or destructive. And not, you know, in a dramatic sense uh, being destructive, but it's in terms of the energy. I'm either creative, I'm floating, everything is wonderful, or I'm not creating and then I don't feel as good. I, I start, you know, kind of feeling uh, the energy shifting. So I need to be creating. And if it's not doing, doing acting, it needs to be doing something else. And mm -hmm. with this crazy industry that we're in, you have to find other avenues. And I love that uh, I was going to touch you, uh, up on your producing uh, a little bit later, but um, I love that you're doing producing. I love that you're a singer songwriter. I'm a lyricist. So as soon as I saw that, I said, yes, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'm definitely uh, uh, on board with all of those endeavors. I haven't actually written a song in years and that was kind of more in my 20s when I had more time on my hands. Um, yeah. But music is definitely a passion. During this isolation, I actually bought a piano and revisited my guitar. And so that was really great opportunity to kind of, you know, tap into that side of me again. But it is one of those things I, I consider more of a personal journey now versus an outward, um, you know, sharing with the world kind of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, from the songwriting perspective, were you doing lyrics and music? Were you focusing on music more? What was, uh, what did you do at that time? Um, I was based, it was basically just myself and my guitar, mostly lyrics. I've been writing since I was young, you know, I started with poetry and, and, um, and then songs. And so a lot of it was, yeah, writing lyrics and then just singing and then finding the, the, the accompaniment on the guitar. And then there was a time when, you know, I would work with other artists and, um, we would do try different things. So that's kind of mostly where, where that lived and i you know i was actually just saying to my husband the other night i was like very early in the beginning of my career i did play a singer at one point it was just for a short film but i watched eurovision the other night and i just love movies with music in it and it's you know like the greatest showman i just yep. really pulled it and captivated and i just said to him you know if i get to do a movie where i play this amazing singer even if my voice is dubbed by this other beautiful voice i would it would be a dream because that is such a big part of you know um yeah the passion and the creative side of me so i would love to be able to revisit that again one day i i hope you do that's that's certainly that would be great um let's uh, let's get to your producing i know that you have a number of projects that uh, you kind of started and yeah. you um you know some are in flux right now because of what's happening but you know, what uh, what makes you go into producing? Having had to figure out what I was going to do in those downtimes during the earlier parts of my career, I really became an entrepreneur because I had a lot of little small businesses. Um, I can't even count how many to really, I, I never really did the, you know, the day jobs kind of thing. Like I tried office work and, and stuff like that and serving um, but it just wasn't really something that I could kind of hang on to that made me happy. So I did a lot of small businesses. Um, and so in that sense, I became a businesswoman. And then my husband and I, when we first uh, were dating, we actually started a company together. Is outside this industry, I've done, I've, I've done different things in different industries and it was completely outside um, what I know. And so between the two of us, I learned so much on the back end of running. So from small businesses, from like sole proprietorships, just myself to incorporations, the gamut and having partnerships and then dissolving companies. I really learned so much over that time of what it means to be a businesswoman. And so I knew it was a matter of time um, before I would kind of take those skill sets and apply it into the the thing that i love to do um and i did actually produce quite early on with a couple partners a web series but that was when you know it was very early on so we were all still figuring things out but since then i've you know been involved on the back end of um multiple corporations and so with that knowledge it's really the business side of film and television so that's the producing side so when the time came for me to step back from the business that I created with my husband and he went on to continue. I mean, I still support him, of course, and he supports me in the ways that we can. Um, yeah. It was time for me to kind of apply and take everything that I know and, and put it into what I love. So that's, and I'm doing it slowly and, you know, um, with things that feel right. And I have a couple things on the go with other producing partners. And, um, you know, I have, I've built some great relationships with, 
um, a writing partner. So people that I really want to work with. And I, I love that part. <clears throat> that side of things to me is really important. And one of the reasons why I really am drawn to producing because I get to build my team. And, you know, as you know, <clears throat> when you're coming onto a team, it, it takes time to build trust and to work together well. So having had those experiences and those those years of experiences with these people, then we can truly come together to with a project and be like, okay, let's do this. We already have all those other things out of the way. We can just really focus on the work. And so I love that part of it and being able to build my dream team. And that's amazing. I, I definitely get it. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur for the past 25 years. Um, that always fueled me. And uh, I don't do side jobs either. I have my consulting uh, business, which I'm trying to grow. Uh, even in this uh, in this economy, and that supports me and continues uh, to allow me to do acting and the show. So I I get it. Uh, it's you either are an entrepreneur or you're not. Some people hate the uncertainty and everything that comes with it. Uh, some people just can't live without it. I, I fall <laughs> on the spectrum. I think you as well. Yeah, yeah. My husband is too. So our our schedules are always kind of. We've never really had that stable schedule. We always strive for it, but having a knowing that this is kind of where we live and, and getting to make your own schedule too, you know, but while being available for the film industry. So it's it's kind of a balance, right? Yeah, um, my wife is the opposite end of that spectrum. My wife is the, uh, uh, you know, started, um, worked hard through corporate, grew. She's a CFO of a corporation. Uh, she has incredible work ethic and she's the one that is all about stability. So I am the, uh, the you know, thorn in the family that brings all the instability <laughs> along with everything that I do. And every industry that I pick is, is more instability and more potential rejection. So my wife, um, God bless her. I don't know how she's uh, putting up with me for 20 years now. <laughs> Um, okay, let's uh, let's go back into your career, and I think um, uh, starting from maybe 2015 on, um, you really kind of uh, uh, things uh, things took on to a different uh, level. You know, you do uh, Blood and Water, for which you get a nomination. That was awesome. Uh, I think you you got to work with uh, with Simu on that as well, uh, unless I'm mistaken. With who? Simu. Uh, Simu. Yes. Uh, he played yeah. my younger brother. Yeah, uh, I, I thought I saw him uh, in some of the scenes. Uh, I love him. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, Kim's Convenience. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that's where I kind of grew up. I'm very happy that he got, uh, she's going to be Shang-Chi now, which is yep. awesome. Yeah. So very excited about that. Uh, so you did that. You did uh, Eye Zombie. You did Skyscraper with The Rock, which we're going to talk about in a second. You did The Good Doctor, which is an incredible show. I want to talk about that, too. And uh, you did Sonic, which uh, you know my myself and family truly enjoyed. Uh, it was a pretty good stretch of, of five years. Uh, did it feel like at that point, okay, things have settled down. I'm at a different level. All good, right? Uh, or or do you still have uh, kind of uh, fears and doubts about your acting career? Yeah, I think that um, the years of Blood and Water. There were a few years of that before Skyscraper came. And when Skyscraper came, it was like, wow, okay, this is huge. You know, I've reached another level for sure. There was a lot of navigating through the feelings that would come up with that. You know, um, I was mostly excited about um, 
that show. Like I was actually on the elliptical at the gym when my agent called me to tell me that I booked it and I was crying and I had to stop. And I was in the middle of the gym crying because I was so happy because um, yeah. I went through multiple auditions for that. And, um, and so, and our family is a fan of The Rock. So, you know, it was, it was, it was big, it was a big one. And so I was mostly excited about um, um, getting to set and getting to work. And of course there's, oh my God, am I gonna be able to do this and all those things. But, but it was such an amazing experience for me. I did a lot of second unit with the stunts and that's where I started, which was great. Um, mm -hmm. I have a funny story about the first day of work, though, if you care to, if you want me to yeah, share it. Absolutely. absolutely, please. So, yeah, of course, it's like the first day on this huge Hollywood movie, you know, um, and we're starting on second unit and I have to practice um, changing the magazine on the rifle that I'm going to be using. And I'm practicing multiple times because we got to, you know, I got to get out of the car, I got to drive the car and there's all these pieces, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just running through the motions of, um, changing the magazine and firing. And then probably like the 50th time I've done it, it, it recoils and it, it hits me in the eye right here. Oh my and, God. and I'm like, uh Oh, and, and, and I'm bleeding. And so I have to go to first aid and they're like, they're, they're putting a liquid bandage on it and it starts to swell up. And I haven't even seen camera yet. And I'm freaking out because I'm like, Oh my God, this is really horrible. They're going to fire me. I'm going to lose this job. I haven't even started because I can't work. You know, the mind goes crazy because you're so worried. Um, and the girls were amazing. Uh, they took care of me and were telling me other horror stories that they've experienced that helped ease my fear. But that mm -hmm. night we didn't actually even see camera because Good. they were busy. We didn't get to our stuff. So I was like, thank God. So I just went home and I put Arnica on and um, I live by Arnica now with any kind of bumps and bruises and it didn't actually swell the next day and I had to go to camera the next day, so it was great. But that was really scary for me. And so it was kind of, it was kind of like, okay, you know, in a way a wake up call, but um, just to, you know, in a way to, to relax a little. Don't, don't worry so much because I was worried because I was so nervous, you know, this is a really big deal. So because I was so glad that happened on that day and, the rest of the shoot actually went amazing. I was very, I felt very at home. I felt super comfortable on this set. Um, you know, I've had enough experience to know, you know, my way around. So yeah. it was actually just an amazing experience and I was really extremely grateful for that opportunity. Very cool. Uh, yeah. You got to work with everybody. I mean, Nev Campbell, uh, The Rock, mm -hmm. uh, so many, so many incredible actors around it. Um, I don't, quite remember uh, in terms of your specific uh, scenes, did you get a chance to uh, to be in scenes with The Rock? I know you were with Nev, uh, with Nev Campbell, I remember that one. Um, did you get to shoot with The Rock? Yeah, so unfortunately I did not get okay. any scenes with him, but um, there was the finals, like they, we did actually shoot the ending, it got reshot later, so, um, but in the beginning uh, he had flown in, it was the helicopter scene and, and mm -hmm. Uh, I was there in the first few versions of it, um, and but I did meet him on set and we talked and he's a lovely man and I would work again with him any day. He's very professional. So yeah, our family, our household loves him and it was a great experience. That's awesome. And uh, did you get to jump between the towers? Uh, was that something that you were able to do? 
uh, at all. I know it's CGI and so on. <laughs> you know, did, no. did you get a chance to uh, to do anything crazy like that? Um, no, the, the fun stuff we got to do was the, I don't even know if they, how much, some of it made it into the film. Of course, so much was shot and so much was edited out by the mm -hmm. end, right? So a lot yeah. of stuff that we shot didn't quite make it. Um, but the craziest stuff we did was the gunfight. Yeah, was the gunfight and had to pull up um, doing mag changes and shooting down. And a, a bunch of these guys are people I know in the industry here, the stunt guys. So it was pretty cool to get to like pop them off behind like on camera um, because we all know each other. So that was really fun. Yeah. That's and and you got to work at home. I mean, it was shot in Vancouver. I think with only a few, you know, outside uh, shots not in Hong Kong. So. Yes, that was the great part. It was a busy time during that time for me specifically. I remember needing, to, and there were a lot of night shoots, and I was in between shows. Um, yeah. But I I just remember during that time, because of the night shoots, literally any time I was in my trailer, I would lie down and try and sleep. Any time I was not working, I would try down try to lie down and sleep because it was that kind of busy and when you're doing night shoots you know continuously your body it takes a toll so learning how to take care of myself during night shoots that was a big one I really learned how to navigate with my tea colors to see what energy I need to get through the night what time is it how much energy do I need right now you know yeah so what what advice would you give uh, other actors who are about to experience uh, you know night shoots yeah, that was during the winter too. So um, the, my go-tos, yeah, it was my go-tos were oil of oregano on the feet, not okay. in your body because you can ruin your gut bacteria and actually it's worse. Um, yeah. Definitely having your vitamins. I use On Guard. It's like a mixture um, yeah. that, yeah, that you take and just really keeping your immune system up and resting and really eating well and drinking water and drinking warm fluids during the nights really helps. But finding the routine that that works for you and kind of being consistent with that because the body really strives, thrives well when it knows what to expect versus changing things on a dime. So yeah, yeah it's just keeping consistency. Very cool, thank you for sharing that, I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, and I have all of the things that you've mentioned, so I'm, I'm even more proud of myself. Yeah. Uh, Arnica is in my backpack. I, I yeah. never leave home without Arnica anyway, because <laughs> as as a tennis player, uh, it's it's yeah. just such a part of, of my of my life. Uh, I I really like it. On guard, you know, my mother-in-law has been giving us on guard for the past I don't know how many uh, years, and uh, on guard is in our household. Awesome. So, um, you One have of, to get the Arnica homeopathy pellets as yes. well. That, we that helps. You kind of double dose. Put it on and take it, ingest it as well. The uh, the six and the thirty. Uh, I have both of those. And then, <laughs> you know, Arnica came out with the with the stick where you can actually roll on stick. So oh, okay. That one. That by the way, uh, Arnica. It's a good job with that one, but you have to shake it before uh, before applying. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Okay. Anyway, um, no. so. You're very welcome. Okay, so uh, one of the things that you've done, uh, not the five that I've mentioned uh, that I still want to talk about, but you actually appeared uh, in one episode of one of my favorite shows, uh, Altered Carbon. Uh, you are in season one of Altered Carbon uh, as you know, a mom. Um, how was that? What was that experience like and how did that come about? 
Yeah, so that was um, that I auditioned for that. And so I yeah. booked it through the traditional way. And that episode was, I think, one of the highest budgeted TV shows at the time. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those experiences where I'm like, I hope I can do this again because the mother was really emotional. And of course, as you remember, I'm looking at um, a, a, an, an older Caucasian woman who is supposed to be my daughter and re-sleeped into that body. So there was definitely, you know, a different way of um, dropping into that emotional space in, in, that, um, in that role. And we, got, we had to do it quite a few times, if I remember correctly, because it was quite a big um, setup. Yeah. So, but I do remember it was one of those that I really hope that they get what they need from it. And it was one of those moments where I have to just trust that I'm going to give it my all and hope for the best. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that show has so many incredibly talented people on. I... Uh, I, I marvel at Chris Connor. Uh, I think his his performances are still, you know, on my top ten list of things I've seen uh, in the past, you know, five years. So uh, it's it's a fabulous show. Everybody who has not checked out, please check out Alter Carbon. Um, very very cool. Thank you. Um, okay, I, I want to dive into uh, into a little bit of the other things that you have done. So uh, the Good Doctor, uh, Nalika, oh, my my associate, loves Good Doctor. Um, you really have a chance to, you know, talking about drama and comedy, you have a chance to utilize both on that show. And you get a chance to work with incredible actors. You know, Freddie Highmore is there, Richard Schiff. Uh, you know, West Wing is my favorite show of all time. So uh, I love uh, Richard just from there alone. Uh, uh, Hill Harper is on there as well. So uh, incredible cast. What, uh, I guess from just pure acting perspective, um, are the scenes with them easy? Or are the scenes with them difficult uh, um, to do just because there's you're working with these uh, people who are incredibly talented their craft? I think every time you know you come up with across an actor that yeah. has been working for a really long time and they're really you know veterans, it's really just being open and being respectful of their process because everyone works differently some people don't talk in between scenes some people like to talk some people you know aren't even around until it's time to shoot so really my job as you know i'm i'm supporting them in their roles really i'm just there to help guide the story along and um i wouldn't say it's easy or hard i i would say that you know some scenes are i mean i love the writing i love I never know what I'm going to be doing. That's the one thing I love about the show. And and I just have to say, it's been one of, it's in its own way has been another dream job for me because we shoot here. They've moved the studio. It's like 10 minutes from my home. They, you know, the, the people are amazing. I feel like it's a family. We've been doing this for, um, we're going into our fourth season. Mm-hmm. And and it's always a, an honor and privilege to get to show up on set and not knowing what we're going to be doing. Are we saving someone's life today? Is there a lot of you know medical stuff I'm going to learn today, um, or am I going to be calling someone a b-word today? You know, on that last episode, which was awesome because we had no idea. And, and you're right. You know, there's a lot of uh, moments where I get to be playful, and then there's moments where it's like this is serious. This is someone's life. 
So I would say that, you know, in terms of these bigger scenes that I get, it's just an opportunity to get to, I'm so open to what, you know, is available for my character and what I get to do. Sometimes it's medical jargon and sometimes it's not. So it's always a mixed bag, but I'm always learning something new and I never know who I'm going to be working with. Sometimes I'll see someone in, you know, every, every time I work in that episode and then I don't see them for a few episodes. I'm like, when am I going to see you again? I have no idea. So it's really just experiencing, you know, their process as well as mine, but holding space together because it really is such a, it's a team effort. And, um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> it does. No, it's actually very interesting uh, to hear about that because, um, you know, from the outside, it, it seems that, you know, at some point people all have similar process, but that's not true. They all have different process. You know, I, I'm a person that wants to talk to people. Obviously, this is why I have the show. So uh, it's it's a really good lesson for me to uh, to learn to just shut up, let go and allow people to be you know, who they are and allow them to do what they do and then, you know, be there in the scene when I'm, uh, when I'm uh, supposed to be. So it's, it's a wonderful reminder. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I want to talk about stereotypes a little bit um, because, you know, you're a woman, you're Asian, and I'm sure you've had to deal with, uh, with a lot of things that uh, hopefully our industry is getting rid of. Um, have you seen that things are changing for the better uh, or did you have to kind of uh, go through it in order to break out of it? Go through it to break out of the stereotype? So, uh, you know, Asian woman. So, you know, martial arts or other things or you're playing this type of a character only and as an actor not feeling like you have enough space to really, uh, you know, discover the 3D of the character as opposed to playing more of just a stereotypical reflection of what society views a, you know, an Asian woman? Mm -hmm. I think very early on in my career, there were, when I think back now to certain roles that I got cast in, yeah. I would probably cringe now if I had to play those roles now. Mm -hmm. um, but back then it was, it wasn't as, you know, talked about. And um, I would say that, you know, I have played both. I have been cast in the stereotypical Chinese boss lady is is kind of the, the the character's name, and there was a persona about her that that you know we tapped into, and that now would be a very stereotypical thing to do, and probably um, not as welcome. Um, but I would say that I mean when I first started, I had dreadlocks, so when I first came into the industry, I wasn't the typical Asian you know, that you would think of when you picture an Asian woman on screen. So I think that was connected to my personal kind of pushback to society as well. Like I am who I am, you know, the rebellious younger side of me. So that's how I kind of entered into the industry. And then actually when I cut my dreads off was when I booked the guard. So there was and my first like, you know, bigger role after that, that, that stint. So there was, there was, an awareness around, okay, changing my hair did something, but that role wasn't particularly stereotyped at all. Um, yeah. yeah, in the course of my career, I was told a lot that there's more room for Asians to show up on screen, and I was hopeful. 
but it, it was really slow and I don't really feel that it was happening, but people were saying it. And I think more in a way that they were hoping that it was happening, but in actuality, it wasn't actually happening at the rate that I think people were hoping for or expecting. Um, and so when blood and water came, of course, that was huge because at that time, I mean, what are we at four years now? I think, um, cause we're in our third season, I think it was three to four years now. And 2015, I think is when it, uh, aired. Yep. Yeah. So we should, yeah. So five years. Wow. So, um, when that happened, it was a really big kind of trailblazing show for local Asian Canadian actors, because it was an all, um, Asian cast telling real life dramatic story. And I was very honored and privileged to be a part of that. Um, and, but for me personally, I feel that the conversations, you know, the interviews were about, were about like, how does it feel to be a part of the show? Um, you know, that's really pushing for Asians to be in, you know, to be seen on, on, on screen. And I guess for myself, I understand that that is important and I am completely honored and privileged and grateful to get an opportunity to tell these stories. But another part of me also really wishes it was already normalized. Yeah. So, you know, but recognizing that we do have to kind of push through this, as you said, we have to kind of move through this to highlight that so that it can become normalized, very similar to Black Lives Matter. It's like, mm -hmm. it's huge. We have to speak about it and we have to, make it heard and be known and to continue talking about it and 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 create discomfort so that it becomes so that we can find the place where it becomes normalized because without going through that it can't because it hasn't been normalized it's been suppressed and when something is suppressed it can't just kind of seep out and kind of gradually and um, you know, pleasantly kind of, you know, meld into the way things are because it's not like that. It has to come out and be seen and be acknowledged and have awareness about it. And then once that has happened, you know, once it's come out, then it's like, okay, it will settle and then it will become normal. And for me, I really, you know, I, I, I wish for normalcy around many, many things. And so that's kind of my feel about it. So I do understand the push for all these things that need a voice and I completely stand behind it. And a part of me feels is just, you know, waiting patiently, you know, yeah. for the time when it will become balanced. And that's what I hope for, you know, in, in, mm -hmm. in this lifetime is I hope I get to see that balance. I hope so too. And um, again, I see, I see at least things happening. And uh, Kim's Convenience, you know, in Canada is the number one sitcom on TV. Um, you know, we had the Crazy Rich uh, Agents that uh, that came out. That was a huge success. Uh, for me personally, it was it was kind of weird to hear the talk of you know finally we're getting to see a lot of uh, you know uh, Asian actors on the TV because I grew up you know martial arts fan. So for me, I'm so used to watching uh, films where Asian actors are the stars, and to me, it was always in my reality. So I guess I was in some sort of a bubble that uh, that didn't recognize that this was not everywhere. Uh, but I'm very happy that 
you know, more diversity is happening and uh, it allows actors to just be actors and the society to be represented in the way that we truly are as opposed to what somebody thinks that we should be. Mm -hmm. The best movie I saw that made me go, wow, they did an amazing job in casting was mm -hmm. Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Did you see that? I did. It was yeah. awesome. It was it was amazing, and they did they did it so tastefully because that it wasn't trying to show that they were casting yeah. diversely, but it was like this is what we see when we go into a school. This because that's what I grew up in. I mean, I went to a school where there were um, a lot of Asians actually, but it was in, you know there was a mixed bag of culture, and that's what you would see. So I thought they did a good job. I agree. Yeah, it's. Um... And I'm happy that I didn't even think about it, uh, that I was just enjoying the movie for what the, that incredible experience was. Thank you, that's that's good. And that, that just, again, a good sign of where we're hopefully going. Mm -hmm. All right, so what's next for you? Uh, you you've, uh, you've done uh, quite a lot. Um, what would be a project that would really excite you that uh, you would uh, jump over? Um, like, yeah, so I would love to play a character who, um, I would love to incorporate my, the music, you know, into, into a role. That would be one for sure. Um, the, the stereotypical Asian martial arts, <laughs> that's there. I, I, I am a martial artist. I have trained, um, I'm not actively right now, but it's something that I love, and um, our, our daughter is training as well. Our whole family does it. So, yeah. but if I, you know, Good Doctor's coming back, and Blood and Water, we're doing another season, so that's on the table right now. And um, with producing, I have a, a few projects that um, I will come to as a producer, and when the right project comes along where it makes sense for me to be an actor in it as well then i'll look at that when the time comes so i can differentiate between the two what what is a better role for me in this project but i do have um some projects that i am working with my writing partner where it you know it is going to be a character written for me based on you know something i want to play and we're kind of being creative with those things so um I, i'm working on those and i have no idea what what projects will come down the pipeline i have no idea so during that time, you know, I'll be creating things that I'm drawn to um, with the, the projects that I develop. Um, mm -hmm. And then whatever kind of opportunities arise, I just look at them as they come. And hopefully there'll be some great opportunities that come my way. Well, you know, keeping my fingers crossed uh, for you, <laughs> I'm really excited to, uh, to continue following your career. Um, I wouldn't be a martial artist if I didn't ask you what you practice and what your family practices and uh, what style uh, or of martial arts do you do? Um, I trained in Sunhang Do, and it's okay. um, the mixed. So we did weapons, sparring, um, grappling, and patterns. My, I, I mostly gravitate towards. Um, what do I gravitate towards? I love weapons. I really love the weapons and patterns. I don't like sparring because I don't like getting hit. So, you know, I like to pretend I'm getting hit, but not yep. actually get hit. I love yep. swords. The long staff and swords and nunchucks were my favorite go-to weapons. And yep. um, I, I actually was fairly good at grappling without knowing 
that I was until I competed because it's really the movement of the body and pressure. Um, mm -hmm. So I actually really enjoyed that, but I, I'm not, I don't love real combat. So, so yeah. And then I, I love the patterning of it because it's like a dance. So I feel like that part of it, I'm really drawn to. Yeah. yeah makes, makes perfect sense. So what does your daughter do now? She does Taekwondo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, just no weapons yet. We'll see if she gets into that. Yeah. Yeah. My kids were, uh, were doing that as well. My daughter, who's a dancer, took Taekwondo because my son was doing it. And my daughter thought, well, this is a dance. I can do this. And uh, she did it until they had to do uh, sparring. And then she said, no, I'm done with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my story, you know, with, with your eye getting hurt, I stopped uh, doing martial arts seriously when uh, I was doing kind of, uh, I had a, a wonderful Russian teacher who uh, has his own style and he was training Russian special forces when he was there. So it's a combination of all sorts of things. And uh, we were doing uh, knife techniques and we had, you know, the whole gear on, but I didn't have uh, goggles on. And we were doing knife techniques and kind of uh, life sparring. Uh, and it was not a soft knife. It was a hard rubber knife. And I obviously missed when the guy went in for the attack. And uh, the next thing I know is that my left eye is closed. And I'm wondering, OK, if I open it up, is there an eye there? Oh. And thankfully, there was. And I had a cut right underneath it that, you know, one millimeter up. And I might have ended up without an eye. And I said, you know what? I'm OK not doing this anymore. Yeah. Because I like the art for the art of it. I yes. love I, mean, I, I love everything about martial arts, but I'm not going to be a fighter. That's not something yeah. I ever cared about doing. So I stopped it at that point. And thankfully, um, I've been okay ever since. Oh, good. Yes, that would be very scary. And I, yeah, I can relate to that. I'm the same way. I love the movement and the art of it, the art side. Um, yeah. So it's beautiful. That's why in stunts, it's really that you get to play without actually getting hit. So yeah. I enjoy that and I prefer that. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Last question for you. Um, if you had a chance to give one piece of acting advice as you are right now to an earlier, younger version of you, what would that advice be? Hmm. One, uh, one piece of advice. You can take two if you like. But um, I think it would be the time that you take to learn about yourself mm -hmm. will give you skills beyond what you could imagine. Hmm. Okay, yeah. that's great advice. Uh, the younger, <laughs> the younger version of you, I'm sure, uh, would uh, would love that, and so do our listeners and viewers. Um, thank you, thank you for that. Uh, Elfina, thank you so much for, for coming in and sharing and uh, talking about uh, your life, your career, your experiences. It's been a wonderful, fascinating, insightful uh, interview that I definitely took a lot of myself. Thank you so much for taking the time to take an interest. It's been amazing to kind of go down mem my memory lane and to revisit my process because it's not something I talk about ever really so it's just something very internal so i feel like it's a piece of me that i got to share that i don't really get to so thank you for that it's, it's my pleasure and thank you for sharing it uh thanks to everybody for tuning in to another uh insightful and incredible uh 
opportunity that I get to speak to these wonderful, wonderful people in the world that I truly love. Thank you. Please comment, subscribe, share, uh, tell other people about it, and join the party. Thank you.